Hey, DJ Flook here from Stadium Scenes Main Event. Networking has become more important than ever, so why are you still carrying around paper business cards that end up lost or in the trash? Our friends at Link have created a solution to that problem by getting your contact info directly into that person's phone with a simple tap from your plastic business card, a bracelet, or even an Apple Watch band. When it's time to update your contact info, make the change in their easy-to-use networking app. For listeners of Stadium Scenes Made Event, you can save 15% by typing in promo code StadiumScene, that's all one word, at checkout. To learn more, visit linkapp.com. That's L I N Q A P P.com. There's a lot of people in the sports world nowadays athletes, media personalities, bloggers, podcasters, video producers, influencers all with amazing stories to share about how they got to where they are today and where they're going tomorrow. I'm DJ Fluke, and along with my partners, Kate Thompson. I'm sorry, I didn't go to a college that has football teams, so sometimes I space out. And Jillian Fisher. Hey! Oh my gosh, I alerted my pug, and he's like, oh no, don't bark, please don't bark. We're here to share those stories in something we like to call StadiumScene.tv's main event. Hey, before we get started, this episode was also recorded as a video, which is available on YouTube via the description of this podcast episode. Otherwise, enjoy the show. All right, welcome to another edition of 10 Minutes With. Uh, Kate's using the excuse she didn't get the invite, so she went to bed already, so I don't know what to say there. I uh, I bought her this great prop to use on the show, but I guess we'll have to save it for next week's episode. So I'm running the show all by myself today. <laughs> so this uh, our, our guest here today, I actually was hoping that this would be our first in-person show, but the, uh, the pandemic kind of uh, changed that. So uh, coming to... Uh, us from the Phoenix, also from the Phoenix metro area. Please welcome Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores of Sporty with Corey and Richie. Welcome. Hey, nice to be here. And Hi. Nice to be in Arizona during the winter. It's always yes. the best. Although these last couple of mornings, I, I was like 38. Ugh. But then again, you know, it, it's better than minus 38. Oh, absolutely. Like I've, I've been freezing lately and I, that's why I don't understand how people can live in really cold climates. Like it just weirds me out. I, I spent one winter living in Minnesota for a job and I worked outside and you know, the wind chill the one day was like minus 47 and I'm in like five layers of clothes and then like Carhartt overalls and a giant Carhartt jacket. I'm just like, this is just unacceptable. Uh, but yes, I, I, I got down here four and a half years ago. And I'm just like, why didn't I come here sooner? But anyway, let's, uh, let's jump right into it. How did the two of you meet and why did you start a podcast? Uh, Richie, do you want to take that one off? Sure. So Corey and I both went to ASU. We are both graduates now of the uh, Cronkite school there at ASU, the uh, school of journalism. There you go. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, so we met when I was, I think when I was going into my my senior year of school. So my final year of school, Corey and I met like in the summer, we just happened to be doing some broadcasting work in the summer for a, a local hockey program uh, mission. If you, if anybody in the Phoenix area, you probably, and you're hockey fans, you probably know about uh, 
about the the mission program here in Arizona. And so that's how Corey and I met. We met that way and started doing those games. And uh, we hit it off for whatever reason. And we've known each other. That was what, gosh, six, seven years ago, Corey. And now we're now we're best friends. And then they were like, hey, uh, we should start a show because we don't have anything else to do. And then, uh, yeah. And so that's it just kind of went from there. Although I think, Corey, I think you're better at telling the story of because you were the one that originally texted me just completely out of the blue that was like, hey, we should start a podcast. Well, so so how we started the podcast is a little bit interesting in the fact that so I think okay so when Richie and I first met we were it was doing more but Richie did a lot of more like play-by-play and and then I was doing a lot of intermission stuff which I now that I'm saying it out loud is the most like uh like gender position thing ever I was I was doing a lot of the intermission stuff while he was doing play-by-play and um and so uh, I, and I had been, um, essentially my boyfriend was on the team. Um, and so I wasn't able to cover the ASU after a while. So, um, I would literally just go upstairs and hang out with Richie and we would just talk hockey like quite a bit. And, um, it was kind of where our friendship bloomed. And so then he became, um, good friends with my boyfriend as well. And so at his, uh, graduation party, we were all just kind of talking about, sports like we all kind of do and so then we had um thrown around this idea because a friend of ours actually needed um video for his reel because he was in film school so he needed some video of uh, like a show or something that he had produced and uh a lot of the stuff that we had done initially was on camera so uh we were like you know what why don't we just do a podcast that we can turn to a web show not many people were really doing it at the time because it, people were just doing podcasts and didn't really worry about the video part of it. And so we were like, why not? It's something different. And we ch- kind of just talked about all of Arizona sports at first. And um, the name everyone always likes to ask us about, it literally came, we were at, what Mexican restaurant were we at? We were at a Mexican restaurant on Cinco de Mayo and we were all drinking a bunch of uh, beers and margaritas. And Someone goes, <laughs> name it Sporty with Corey because it rhymes. And then we literally just were like, why not name it Sporty with Corey because it rhymes. And then we just went from there and we basically just, it was us and our friends that kind of started it, had a bunch of fun with it and, um, you know, just kind of went from there. And then eventually um, we got um, approached by, uh, Isha and Dylan who run the hockey podcast network and we were their first podcast that went on to there. Richie and I kind of thought it was a good segue anyways. Hockey is our uh, main sport as it is. So um, we just kind of solidified ourselves into the Coyotes world and here we are today. So being local, I've, I've seen, you know, I, I see a lot of things close up living outside the Arizona area it looks from an outsider's perspective that it's, it's tough being a Coyotes fan um, for the, essentially the duration of this franchise. You know, you, you've, there's always the, been the threats of, you know, ownership problems, bankruptcies. Are they going to move? Like how, as a fan of a, of a franchise, like how can you get into it knowing that like this, you know, they, 
I mean, am I remembering correctly? They, they filed for bankruptcy or were really close to bankruptcy like 10, 15 years ago. Uh, you know, what, what, what is that like as, you know, somebody who's decided to cover a franchise like that? Like, what go, what, how does it keep you focused? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a little bit better over the last couple seasons because they've been a lot more competitive. But like you said, when they came out of bankruptcy, when the NHL essentially bought them and they were ran by the NHL there for a couple of years, it was basically they could pack up and move at, at any moment. And luckily they, they've stuck around. They've now found a really good owner, I think, in, in Alex Marullo. And they seem to be finding their their footing here in the phoenix market now that they're, they're starting to win they had their best attendance in over a decade this past season before obviously COVID hit um, they were averaging over thirteen thousand fans a game which they haven't done again since 2009 basically and and you're right yeah it's it's not easy being a coyotes fan but i think the reason why is people are passionate here and people are passionate about the sport here and uh they want to see they want to be a part of basically built it's like a grassroots effort almost is the best way I would describe it right where people want to get in on the on the on the ground floor of this franchise that was struggling and they want to be able to build it and we're we're seeing that we're seeing that with the growth of and Corey and I have talked about this recently on our show where the sport in general is growing here we're getting ASU hockey is getting their own rink built that's going to open up in 2022 another rink just opened up here locally out in Gilbert uh, that's basically home to the Arizona Kachinas, which is the women's program here in Arizona. So I think that's why people are kind of, they, it's it's part of being a Phoenix sports fan in general, where not a lot of great things happen, but you're still a fan anyway, because you love the sport. And that's what's happening. There are a lot of passionate hockey fans here that grew up here. And so that's their hometown team. It's the Coyotes and they're going to fight for them every single second of every single day. And you see that on a consistent basis. It's that's why I like being a Coyotes fan. It's because we're the underdogs. Yes. But I would argue that we are some of the most passionate fans in the entire sport because of the city, because of the, the landscape of the, of the NHL in general. And uh, we're only going to grow from here. I think it's, it's upper, we're on an upward trajectory now. It, it also helps too on, I mean, it, it seems like I'm over on the east side of, of the Valley and there's a lot of hockey demographic over here in the, the Chandler Gilbert area and making that drive out to Glendale, I 10 through rush hour, Phoenix, that sucked. <laughs> that is a, a crappy drive. And I mean, they recently last year opened that 202 South mountain that essentially you get, you know, go all the way around. And we took that going I want to say it was late December last year and oh my god it was so much nicer it's like okay I can make the drive out to Glendale now I mean that you know it's not eight Cardinals games you know it's it's you you have to go for an entire NHL season and now having to be you know going south around Phoenix I, I think that honestly is going to be a huge help as well if, assuming they stay in the Glendale area can you tell all of the people on Twitter that love to argue with me that driving to Glendale really isn't that big of a deal and that hasn't been like hindering people through previous years before all that stuff was built like they want to argue with me about that all the time and and most of them live in like canada or on the northeast or something like that it drives me insane like that it, it, it there's so much that's developed that has helped people oh, yeah. moving like coming from that area mm -hmm. but like coming from down there to glendale is absolutely atrocious and that was a large part of the problem. I mean, Glendale itself will always be a problem for the Coyotes, but um, 
that was always one of the biggest problems was getting people from and, and even getting people from Scottsdale um, over to Glendale was always hard. Like my job is in Scottsdale and it takes me two hours if I were to go straight from my job during rush hour traffic, non-COVID and get to the rink. So it's, it's pretty bad. And that's why like, I'm really glad that there's a lot of things that are expanding and that are allowing more fans to to games. Cause that's also going to be a big part of it. Do you see them staying in Glendale or are they, uh, I mean, they've been rumored to, you know, they have that Tempe stadium that fell through almost as quickly as it was announced. I mean, do you, do you see them staying in Glendale or are they, are they going to go somewhere else? Hopefully inside the state. Absolutely. I don't not. think, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think Glendale is sustainable at all. That relationship between the team and the city has been worn out for what four or five years now. And uh, I, it's not sustainable. They got to find a solution on the East Valley somehow, some way. And who knows with Alex Marullo, and we, uh, Corey and I have talked about this. Alex Marullo is the deal maker. He's the guy that has built businesses from the bottom, nothing back up again. And Javier Gutierrez as well has that same type of business type experience. And so if anybody's going to get a deal done, it's going to be those two. I have faith that they're going to be able to find a way. And in my opinion, it's going to be, they're going to have to find a way to somehow, some way work a deal with the tribes here in Phoenix to try and do a public private partnership because, and most of it be private money because we've, as we've seen, it's just really hard nowadays to do a, a public funding of an arena it's just never going to get past here in arizona unless anywhere across the country so if the coyotes do want to remain here long term and Corey and i've been open about this on our show they got to find a solution and it's got to be on the east valley where most of your fans are i don't know i don't know what the timeline is in terms of all right well if they don't get it done by the state then they're going to be on the move but i, I have faith in alex marullo and, and javier gutierrez that they're the guys to to get it done yeah, no, no public stadium funds unless you're the Phoenix Suns. I still don't know how they pulled that one over. Because they, be, the only reason they did that is because it didn't go to the voters. It was just on the city council. Yeah. And Robert Sarver was like, "Hey, here's some, here's some money on the side, guys. If you, if you give me my here's, money, here's some campaign contributions." So yeah, exactly. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. And then I remember recently the uh, old GM of the Suns made a kind of a statement on Twitter. Although I, I he's been kind of especially whiny as of late, but he made some comments where it sounded like it was not a contribution, but more of a bribe without actually calling it a bribe. Yeah, that was... Uh, Ryan McDonough. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty ugly. But Mr. Goats in the office, Ryan McDonough. Yes. <laughs> if, you're, if you remember that story where Robert Sarver like basically put goats in, in uh, Ryan McDonough's office for whatever fucking reason, I don't know. And I believe the, uh, the goats like crapped all over his office yeah exactly <laughs> yep <laughs> so for people who say this the Kyries are a badly run franchise look at the phoenix suns they're mm-hmm. worse right yeah, these the Kyries have, have been in playoff contention and then you have you know the diamondbacks with threatening to leave and then you know you have the, the cardinals who not only been terrible minus a few years it's kind of hard being an arizona fan Absolutely. It is, uh, you have a a new strength that you never knew you had when you're an Arizona 
fan of like of any of our teams. It's just, it's a large amount of disappointment all the time. So it's just coping mechanisms. You find many, many of them. All right. So let's, uh, let's, let's jump ahead. Um, you know, since you've started your podcast, I'm sure you've learned something. So can you share a piece of advice you've learned since you've, you've started your show? Do you want to go first on this, Corey, and then I'll follow up? Uh, I guess maybe my biggest thing that I've found with it um, going through from like where we started to where we are now is um, to do it with someone that you trust and someone that um, constantly is uh, is like, even if they're not your best friend, someone that meshes with you so well. Richie and I, like we plan out our shows and we do a rundown and everything because of the fact that like, um, you know, that's kind of where we both come from and, and especially him being in radio and everything, but like we could do zero preparation and still have an amazing show because Richie is my best friend. And this is literally like what we do in our day-to-day lives. Like <laughs> if I was to go over to his house right now, we could talk about the same stuff and it wouldn't even remotely like change. And like, I think that's one of the beautiful things about like our podcast is the fact that you really just get to see an insight into like what we, what we genuinely think, because these are the conversations we would be having in private where we're just having it with our listeners. And, and I think that's really key to being in a podcast is not taking all of the stuff so seriously all the time, because we, we have fun and we have personality and we're goofy and we're weird a lot of times. And it's, it's not, and I think everyone gets so afraid of that. Like people are going to judge them and stuff. And it's like, people always are going to judge you no matter what you do, you might as well be authentic and really enjoy what you're doing rather than try and do what people, what you think people want you to do. And um, you could, because a lot of people would be surprised in the fact of how many people are just as weird or enjoy your weirdness as much as you do. Yeah, there's a, there's a reason why Corey and I show on the Hockey Podcast Network was one of the highest listened to shows during this pandemic is because I think that's exactly what Corey mentioned is that we are not afraid to go outside the box. And that would be my, that'd be my piece of advice to everybody. And I say this about my, my time in radio. That's what I've learned is guess what? People don't want to listen to sports talk for three straight hours and everything be serious. Not, not anymore. So what Corey and I do on our show is we are not afraid to go outside of the box pretty much at every, every episode, especially when there's not a lot of hockey going on. It's a lot easier to do that. But even when there's hockey going on, we can spend, we did, we can do entire shows, not about hockey. We did one of our most recent shows. We did, we did 20 minutes on hockey and I think 40 minutes on other stuff. We talked about Fast and the Furious. We talked about uh, whiskey. We talked about, um, we talked about things that I won't mention on this show that are a little NSFW, not safe for work. Go listen <laughs> well, to that show. We did talk about an 18 foot python that lives in Florida <laughs> one time. Yes. That is true. <laughs> uh, he, Richie started a segment of random stuff and he's been finding a lot of things mostly from, from Florida. But um, there we, so we talk about a bunch of very weird things. Um, and, and one of them just happened to be an 18 foot python. So if you don't want to get eaten by a python, probably don't go to Florida. I'll, I'll take that. 
I have to say, I saw your Fast and the Furious the other day. I have seen exactly zero of those movies. Neither is Richie. <laughs> yes. So that's Corey and I will usually do a, a movie of the month um, with the, with with my roommate Cat and. Um, and we will pick a movie every month to watch together. And I think that's what we're doing next. Corey and I agreed, I think, right? Is that what we're going to do? We're going to start me watching Fast and Furious. You have to go all the way back to 2001. Yeah. Next. <laughs> In all of its glory. I mean, it's just, that's just uh, not knowing anything about it. It's just, it seems like the thing kind of tailed off. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's back. And it's bigger than ever. It's like the complete opposite of every other movie outside of the Star Wars franchise that just kept going on with sequels. I mean, it's amazing how that, like, you know, it was huge. And then, you know, Tokyo Drift comes out, not so huge. And then, of course, you get yeah, the so involved and it's gold. I had an argument with, like, with one of the owners of our network. Tokyo Drift has no relation like outside of one character it has no relation to the rest of any of them technically one and four connect two is like a like a background on one of the characters like what happened between they did like a five-year jump it was just kind of like what he something he did in that five years but like it goes from one to four to five and then once you get past five like it still continues a storyline ish but it goes more into just Fast and the Furious movies of just, it's like any of those movies that become a cult following. It's not so much about the storyline in that uh, original movie as much anymore, as much as people just loving the franchise itself and just going to be like entertained. Basically. I you know, maybe I should check it out. I, you know, I've been putting it off for 20 years almost. So yeah, uh, you know, it's not like I'm going anywhere right now. Like, I was actually keeping a list for a while of movies I was watching during the pandemic, and and there were some bad ones on that list. Um, the the one that stands out to me was uh, uh, Pat Morita, who we know as Mr. Miyagi from the Karate Kid movies. He did a buddy cop film in the late '80s, very very low budget, like straight to video movie with Jay Leno. No way. <laughs> yes. And and after seeing it, it was one of those where it's like there were so many. I mean, the movie was terrible. It was so terrible, but there was just so many laugh out loud funny moments. It was one of those, it's so bad, it's hilarious movies. But here's the other thing, too, is this movie, there was a bigger movie about 10 years later called Rush Hour. Mm-hmm. Rush Hour ripped this movie off as far as I'm concerned. You get the, the buddy cop from Japan coming to America to investigate something. And yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's like, okay, in, in Rush Hour, you have the kidnapped diplomat versus a stolen car part you know, that they're, they're coming after. But it's, oh, it's hilarious. It's, it's absolutely worth checking out. What's the, what's the name of the movie? <laughs> the movie's called Collision Course. And there's like a two-minute trailer on YouTube that will tell you everything you need to know about it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love Rush you, Hour though. So how did you how did you come across watching this movie? Is it, was it on Netflix or just like oh, oh look it, it's no, my my brother and I actually have this like we we like really bad movies like really bad comedy movies and one of our favorite movies is actually Dirty Work with Norm Macdonald and Artie Lang, which is. <laughs> I always get that response when I tell people that like Norm Macdonald made a movie. Yes, he did. It was uh, 
late 90s, Norm MacDonald, Artie Lang are these two buddies, and the bad guy is Christopher McDonald, who played Shooter McGavin and Happy Gilmore. And the movie was directed by Bob Saget. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's another one of those, it's so bad, it's hilarious. Like, Artie Lang is a terrible actor. Absolutely terrible. Every time I think that there's, like, nothing that can beat, like, say, like, Your Highness and stuff like that. And then people tell me just, like, the basis of movies. And I'm like, okay, maybe it can. <laughs> but, yes, they, they, uh, they need to make money fast. So they decide to start a revenge for higher business. So people, like, pay them to go and, like, get revenge on their neighbors or whatever. But it's so bad. It, it, but it's amazing. We might, I didn't start the timer on this, but we actually might, this might end up on the top four. Um, <laughs> when this thing finishes up, we'll, we'll know um, if this is going on Kate's leaderboard. But uh, before we wrap up, where do we find your show? Where do we find your social media? Richie, you do better at yep. this than me. Yes, thank you. Uh, okay, it's uh, at Corey underscore Richie show on twitter that's where most of our stuff is i'd say for the most part that's where the where we are the most active uh on instagram it's cory under or cory oh my god i fucked it up already <laughs> i told Corey. you you do better than me at this i give you a compliment and this is what you do with it there's no underscore for the instagram it's cory richie show on instagram no underscore and um and you can see if you go there right now you can see cory's uh, mixing of her drink that she she made all the way down our, here. I did choke on whiskey earlier on accident, but we're, we're team whiskey. Uh, yes, team whiskey ended up winning. So Corey drank some whiskey. I have mine over here somewhere. Um, yeah, and there you go. So you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram. We're on Facebook too, if you want to follow us there. We're not on Snapchat. It, I don't think anybody's on Snapchat anymore. But... <laughs> no, hope not. <laughs> oh, and, and for me, uh, personally, it's at rflores91 on Twitter. That's where I'm at pretty much 95% of my time. I get yelled at a lot because people think I hate the Cardinals. That's not necessarily the case. But, it it uh, totally is the case. It, it really is the case. Like, I'm not kidding you. Someone from our, our network tried to do a bet with us with the game today and he wouldn't even take the bet i was like i will take the bet like my first team is the vikings because like that's where my dad was born and before we had a team here he had to cheer for someone but like uh you know born and raised here i'm gonna cheer for the cardinals anyways because like this is still arizona and i'm gonna root for my home team richie full-blown was like i'm not gonna do this bet i'm just nope. not gonna do it and i was like wise move <laughs> I'm and glad and I didn't the bet the ended up not happening anyways, but the fact that he he called out of the bet in the beginning, 100%, he doesn't like the Cardinals. <laughs> hey, I, I sat and I, I was able to watch that this afternoon at the end of the fourth. I'm just kind of like, well, that's unfortunate. I don't know if there's any, any other way to describe how that last minute and a half went. That's the best way to describe the Arizona Cardinals this year is unfortunate <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, you, know, you get the play of the year, maybe the play of the decade, and then uh, that's uh, uh, ASU kicker missed again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wish so much greatness for Zane, considering the fact that he's from ASU. Like, let's let's at least have him do well. I, that that's the thing that's frustrating. Is like if it was any other kicker, I feel like I wouldn't feel as bad. Like. 
you you get annoyed with kickers all the time we actually talked about that in our most recent podcast and the fact that like um Vanderbilt obviously had Sarah Fuller um play and and we we're kind of talking about like with how bad NFL kickers are maybe that's where they need to be going in the future and so um that's like the thing is I would love to see Zane do well because of the fact that we're so used to terrible kickers in the NFL that at least the guy from ASU should be the one that doesn't fuck up all the time. Sorry. I just dropped. See, I did fine until now. I can't not curse. I'm so sorry. It's, it's really amazing. It's just, you can't find, I mean, in, in college is even worse. It's like, you know, okay. I can understand you can't find 120 decent kickers across the country. But the NFL, like, you should be able to find 32 kickers. You should not be having to sign, like, you know, Adam Vinatieri until he's 48, Matt Bryant until he's 46 or 47 or whatever. It's like, it, it's these guys, like, if you're decent at your job, you're going to hang on for a very, very long. I mean, Morton Anderson, mm-hmm. you know, he was around forever. I mean, as a Vikings fan, I probably shouldn't mention the other Anderson, um, Gary probably a sore subject in your family there's so many sore subjects in my family uh and and like i'm trying to think of what his last name is i always forget him from his memory is it is it walsh um there walsh the, the yes give me the frozen ice yeah yeah so like he is such a like a sore subject to me because obviously he completely blew that game against the Seahawks. But then at the same time, he also won me fantasy football because he was so good the rest of the season. So it's just like, it's, it's very much the Vikings in a nutshell is um, they can be good, but then when you need them to be good, they're terrible. And that's why they hadn't won like a uh, Monday night football game. And like, God knows how long someone actually like at the end of today's game was saying that like the, whoever was doing color for it said uh, Kirk cousins is too good of a quarterback to not make that, uh, to not make that pass in that type of coverage. And I said, who says Kirk cousins is that good of a quarterback about anything? (laughs) He had, he had a turnover that led to a, a touchdown earlier in the game. And you're saying he's, he's too good of a quarterback in that coverage. I was like, okay. Sure. Um, we all know the truth. My, my wife went to Michigan State, so Kirk Cousins was her pain in the side for a couple of years there. Although he was he was good in college. Um, he, he actually had an incident his freshman year before anyone knew who he was. Um, Rob, uh, yeah, Rob Parker, who I believe works for FS1 now, he reported that there was a fight between like football players and hockey players in a fraternity at Michigan State. And they said that, you know, freshman quarterback Kirk Cousins is in this fight. And he, he wasn't. His father's like, um, no, he was at home on the other side of the state of Michigan that weekend. So there's no possible way he could have been in a fight on campus at some kind of fraternity party or fraternity banquet. And apparently Rob Parker botched his source. And it, the, the person involved in the fight was a cousin of a football player. He heard cousins and put Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I think he was working for like the Detroit Free Press at the time. And yeah, he got suspended um, and had to issue a, a formal apology to the family over 
that incident. But that was, yeah, that was kind of Michigan State's first introduction to Kirk Cousins is that, but yeah. <laughs> is that a cousin of a football player, not Kirk Cousins? <laughs> That's pretty good. The irony in that is so high. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, pretty, pretty amazing. It's like, check your sources before you hit publish on that next time. But. So close, yet so far away. All right, we, we have to be close to the record by now. All right, we should probably go ahead and wrap this up. So we'll, uh, I'll check the official time and I'll let you know after we, uh, we hit stop. So Corey, Richie, thank you again for being on the show today. Kate had the chance to stop this, but she didn't. That's her problem, not mine. So the, again, the show is Sporty with Corey and Richie. Check it out on the Hockey Podcast Network. And I have to say, Richie, um, your, your work here on the radio is actually how I stumbled upon the Hockey Podcast Network in the first place. So this, uh, this, this whole arrangement was because of that. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for, for tuning in and uh, congratulations on everything you've built here at uh, Stadium Scene. You're doing a great job with it and uh, it was fun coming on the show with you. Uh, hopefully, Corey and I, I'm, I'm still talking to keep to make sure I get to the, we get to the record because I really want to do it. Uh, just, I'm just kidding. Thanks for having We're us, We're greedy like it. that. <laughs> you just keep it up. Um, but uh, the... Once we're allowed out of our homes again safely, whenever that may be, um, I'll, I'll swing over to Glendale and we'll, I got first round of beers. So for a game. Sounds great. Awesome. So again, thank, uh, thank you everybody for watching today. Check us out at stadiumscene.tv. Give us a call at stadiumscene on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest, and at stadium underscore scene on Instagram. And we'll see you next time.